Hola, hello, bienvenido, and welcome. My name is Annette Perel. I'm a proud Afro-Latina of Panamanian descent and a doula for over 17 years and mom of a son. I created this podcast to help connect people to other Black, Latino, and Indigenous people in the birth field. I also want my listeners to hear birth stories directly from the parents who experience them. Welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. What inspires me is that moment where the baby is born and that person grabs their baby and holds them in there. And they're like, just whatever their reaction is, it's the most genuine thing I can see in life, like being part of that and seeing that it's inspiring. Today, we're talking to newer doulas about birth work and community. I'm thrilled to have Lou Andrews, Oge Imateran, and Carolyn Parker. Let's start the show. Okay, ladies, ready? Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. Go, Carolyn. It's your birthday. It's the birthday. Go, birthday girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Happy you. Birthday. That was that. Did, I did not expect of that. Of course okay. you didn't, Clearly. but you spoiled you it. Clearly. But anyway, so. There you go. Well, ladies, first, I want to thank you for joining my podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. And let's see. The first thing I wanted to talk about is what career did you do before? Did you want to do when you were in grade school, high school or college? Who wants to go first? I'll take that one. Okay. Um, In grade school, I wanted to be a teacher, okay, an elementary school teacher, and high, um, and then I wanted to be an agriculture teacher, and then in college I wanted to be a social worker. Okay, I can go okay. next. Um, so in grade school, um, I wanted to be a doctor, um, and then it just kind of shifted, and I moved towards this wanting to be more into business and an entrepreneur. So. And that followed me throughout high school and in college, went to school for business. And yeah. Um, and for me, when I was younger, I wanted to be a neurologist. Um, and then when I got to high school, I think I wanted to be an entrepreneur. No, a marine biologist. Oh, uh, fascinating. Um, and then an entrepreneur. Okay. And right before doing birth work, what did you do as a career? I can go. (laughs) Right before birth work, um, I was in events, but also a flight attendant. And I actually continued to do that while I was shifting into doing um, birth work. Okay. Carolyn? I um, was and still am an executive assistant to the CMO, um, Velocity Viacom, and I do my birth work part-time. Blue? And for me, um, I was a hustler of all sorts. So I did a bit of everything I worked on. Yeah. Yeah. I like kind of, I don't like that thing because what follows a master of none, but I feel like I've actually mastered Mm, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so like I worked on films. I did dog walking. I had a really successful dog walking business before. Mm -hmm. So I've done, you know, a bunch of stuff here and there. All right. Well, since you you were the last one to speak, let's. What brought you to birth work, Blue? Um, I've actually been super. I was super fascinated with birth. Um, even as a kid, I used to watch um, um, actual births on TV because I lived close to Wayne State University, so we would get the the channel that like residents would watch. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was just like super super fascinated. And I wanted to do something in birth work, but I felt like I needed to look to see an actual live birth before I like do it. And that, you know, took me years and years and years until finally my best friend 
was pregnant and I got to follow her through her journey. And then that just like solidified that I wanted to do this work. But I've been interested for it since I was with it, since I was like eight or nine years old. Oh, that's fascinating. How about you, Oge? Um, I knew about being like a doula since high school. And even at that time, I was like, you're really going to have some random stranger be with you during this time to support you. And that's not your doctor. That's not the nurse. And that's not your, the person that, you know, created the life with you. So I thought that was weird. And then fast forward to doing work, as I mentioned in events, but more so in the financial sector. And I just, I felt like my soul was being sucked out of my body. Um, I went on a retreat, a meditation retreat and was able to like really look within on like what it is that I'm going to offer to society. What can I do to essentially change and support and help us grow to be better individuals, better people and as a whole, better society. And I had like this epiphany of like supporting, just supporting people in a way. Cause naturally, and I, I, when I get close to be at people, I have like this nurturing spirit, and I was like, how can I support while focusing on like holistic wellness? Where, what avenue can I go towards? And during my meditation, um, supporting women, birthing folks was something that kept coming up. And I'm like, if I start there with birth and that connection is like deeply rooted for the person that had the baby and with that baby and they have a strong connection where it's not traumatic and it's an experience that they feel powerful that can translate to the future. Like yeah. having that first connection with mom, parent, and baby, I think is like essential mm-hmm. for that person to then go out into the world because they have, when they came into this world, they had such a bond, such a connection, such a great foundation uh, a presence that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, supported them. So that's what essentially brought me to birth work. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Carolyn? Um, I had a desire to be of service. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I came across being a doula. <clears throat> I became a doula. And then I I, I want to be part of that village that was once pre- prevalent in caring for women. And once I got into it, I found a way to connect with women and to help women embrace their bodies and embrace birth because it's amazing. Um, so that's what kind of brought me into it and keeps me going. Okay. And so what what organization did you certify with? And also, how long have you been a doula? Let's start with Blue. I see that's my uh, um, So I actually um, did it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started to do my doula work, I didn't get certified. Okay. Um, and that's when I was in LA. And then when I moved out here in, to New York, I realized that people... Um, hold certifications in a different way yes. than in LA. So I was like, oh, let me get certified. Um, and so I went through two different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, Ancient Songs and then I did Donut. And so before doing your certifications, where did you just went instinctively into birth? So it was just like you went in and just supported people the way they needed so there was like no formal kind of education around what you would do or right it wasn't formal education but I did get educated um so I my best friend she her and I went through the entire journey together from the very moment she found out she was pregnant until she actually um had her baby and she had an another doula um who had been a doula for like 20 plus years okay and she had like private um childbirth ed classes so the doula would come over and we would do those classes together and then she kind of taught me a few things before um my best friend went and went into labor so i had like an apprenticeship I feel like i yeah, absolutely. And I, it was great for me because I learned by doing. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was the moment that I actually learned the most out of any kind of training that I've gotten. Definitely. And how long have you been a doula? Six years, seven years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Blue? I mean, sorry. Okay. I'm looking at Blue. <laughs> um. So when I started, I 
while I was flying, I was like, how am I going to do this and manage all, you know, all these things? I, um, I had a break in my schedule. And so I went to Massachusetts and I trained with Dona. And then I came back and I was like, this ain't enough. Like I'm about to be supporting these people. This is not enough. Mm -hmm. And if this is what it is, I need to be more proactive. Um, and there was, there's more of a community I wanted to support. I felt like that training didn't offer that for me. So I went to ancient song, like, like blue. Um, and again, I still felt like I, I want to continue my education and find ways to either shadow or, you know, receive mentorship. Um, so certification did not happen with Dono, didn't happen with Asian songs. Um, and so I eventually got certified, but I believe like that piece of paper is not what's going to push people to do this work and, and be equipped to this, do this work. It's yeah. not, you know, going to a weekend training and then, all right, I'm certified now. And then you go and support someone while they're having a human. That's not, <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> um, so certification <laughs> itself, I know this isn't part of the question, but essentially is not what's going to <laughs> yeah. be the end all be all for someone to be a doula. So I did two trainings and I'm still going to continue my education um, moving forward, but I am currently certified. Um, I've been a doula for three, three years now and yeah, love all of it. And Carolyn? Um, I've been a doula for three to four years. I, um, and following on what both of them said, I trained with Dona. And, and after I finished that, I was just out there on my own. I had, this wasn't, I didn't know what to do. There was no community. There was no support. Then I joined with another organization, Manhattan Birth, where I found community. I found the education. But um, I, I don't believe that being an assistant at birth is does not need certification. It's something we've been doing for like 400 years. Um, we're caring for people on a personal level and we advocate. We're not doctors. Um, but with that said, I am pursuing my certification right now just for my own gratification and just to have on hand. And how long have you been a doula? Three to four years. Three to four years. Okay. I think I'm almost on my fourth year. Okay. And speak, let's speak a little bit about that. Let's speak about, you know, how certification is deemed in New York City as essential mm -hmm. and how people, that is like one of the questions that, um, is on that list of what to ask your doula. Mm -hmm. Um, and what do you, what do you explain to your clients around that when they ask that? Because it's on the list. So it's inevitable that they're going to ask who wants to start. I've actually never been asked. You haven't been asked? Oh, mm -mm. that's great. That means they never Googled questions to ask your doula, which is, <laughs> I, wish they, I wish that would just disappear from Google. Blue? Um, I actually, have I been asked? I think when I came here, maybe once, um, but most, most people don't ask me that. And I think when they did ask me, I was like, it's a racket. It's just a way for people to make money because most people who get certified um, still end up not knowing anything. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, it's, I think I'd probably go on like a little tangent of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> and just to be clear from your last question, I'm still not certified. I took those trainings, but, you know, right. yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Okay. What are your thoughts on <laughs> Um Can you repeat the question? Sorry. <laughs> the question is, um, what do you tell people when they ask about certification? Because that is on the list of the questions to ask a doula. Yeah. Okay. So I have been asked that not that many times, but okay. when I do ask them, I, I, I'm honest at the time, um, no, I'm not certified. And then they'll say, oh, why, why is that? And I'll just explain to them, do you, do you understand what the certification process is? It's really like I've done the readings. I've, you know, done the amount of births, but then they ask you to do, you know, responses to write papers and there's mostly paperwork involved. And 
um, from that, that's when they certify you. And then sometimes you have to pay dues and fees and Mm -hmm. all of that. So the idea of certifying, yes, it's important to make sure that we are trained, like equipped with our education and experience and knowledge. But I don't think by, you know, these organizations that are certifying you, I don't think that they have the whole scope in mind as I haven't found an organization yet. Um, and I could be wrong, but, um, when I explain that to people that ask, they're like, oh, okay, but you've, you've done this amount of births or you have this experience and it's really how they connect with me. So mm-hmm. I can say that I have a, have a certification. I can say that I don't have a certification and it's still the I same. Still get hired just yeah. based on the connection, based on the people that I'm attracting. And I think that's the most important thing for people to kind of understand when you're interviewing someone. It's not about the questions that you get on that, that list. It's really about the connection between you and the person sitting in front of it. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of liken it to like, a blind date, like, you know, mm-hmm. if you like that person or not, or if you want to see that person again. So I don't feel that you can ask me all the questions. I often tell them to put the questions away and let's have a conversation because it's more about what do you feel? Do you feel comforted by me being there or not? Mm. And I think that that is essential. And I, I agree. I think that also that part of it, what's going on with birth is, is that's missing from those certifications is community, right? And, mm-hmm. and that is essentially community and, um, you know, mentorship, which, which we can talk on in a little bit. But, um, so tell me what it was like to find community. What was community like for uh, you? Go ahead, Blue. You can start. It was literally the best thing like it was like a rainy day and then the clouds parted and a beam of sunshine fell onto my body um now it was absolutely amazing um especially like I said moving from LA to New York you know I had a pretty pretty nice community there then I came out here had a birth it was traumatic and I was like oh my gosh I have no one to like talk to about this and so then, um, yeah, I found a really awesome community of people. Um, and they have, in so many ways, even outside of birth, have just really um, shifted my entire life. Like mm-hmm. how I see um, friends, how I see support and like, not only like getting that, but also knowing that I deserve it and being welcome to it and open to it. It has been absolutely the best thing ever. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, yes. Second, all of those things. That <laughs> um, for me, I'm just going to go back to how I found community. Yeah, right. Sure. So um, in training, um, while I was a flight attendant, there was another flight attendant that I connected with and we were completely polar opposite people when you see us you're just like okay who's how are they yeah even how connected yes um and she was going through a doula training or she had gone through a doula training a year before and so she was like you know what you need to connect with this person that she met at her doula training and which was another doula who then connected me to a mentorship program who then like within that mentorship program, I got connected to some amazing spirits and beautiful souls. So it was kind of like this, like serendipitous, this whole path that I was just following and really letting it happen and receiving it. Um, that brought me to community. I was like, yep, that's, I'm supposed to be here. This is mm-hmm. who I'm supposed to surround myself with because we can't do this work on our own. If I didn't have these people, I wouldn't be able to, to sustain this work. Um, and just being in New York city, as it is, it's already isolating. Yes. You already feel like, you no, know, even though there's so many people here, you still feel like you're alone. So having mm-hmm. the community and such an isolating work on top of that is, I couldn't ask for, you know, anything better. Mm-hmm. Carolyn? Um, I just remember the first night I walked into my first meeting and I actually met Lou. Um, <laughs> but immediately it was just like, Oh, I'm home. These people do what I do. They get what I do. They have answers to questions I did not even know I had. 
Um, it's brought a lot of knowledge. It's brought almost like a family bond, but yeah. in that I found my tribe. Yeah. People that I connect to as a doula and personally, and it's helped me grow, helped me become helping me to become more self-confident in what I do in my personal and my professional life. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing. And I, I think that anyone who is a new doula, you should certainly try to connect with a group. Yeah. It's so much more. I don't know what I would have done without them. I agree. I, I know when I started many moons ago, there was no community and I had mm-hmm. called Donna because they had a mentor, but it was like a mentor for the region. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like a mentor Mm -hmm. for New York City. And so I had partnered with another doula and we just started figuring it out together as we went. And I wasn't until like many years into my practice that I found a community. There was, there was the Metro doula group at the time that's now online. We used to meet once a month in person and there were literally maybe you know, let's say maybe there are a hundred doulas. And I think the most people that ever attended a meeting when I went was like four. Oh, wow. So there was no community. And after that, there was like the, the doulas who took the training together, we would meet and that felt like a community, but it was just more of like a catching up. And that didn't happen as frequently either. And so there was a lot of bumps in the roads of, of just like figuring things out, a lot of things that came up. So speak to what particularly about community, like Caroline kind of touched on it, like these are the people who do what I do and mm-hmm. understand, but specifically for like what Oge said about this is New York. It's big. There are a lot of people, but it's isolating how, how work, how this work is so isolating. Like who wants to speak to the community and how it helps you in that respect? Okay. I'm going to call someone. Blue. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, I was I'll trying go, to switch it up. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, for community, just this, this thinking about birth work, right? Yes. If you're a doula listening to this, just think about birth work when you're on call what you already feel as it is in your body. Well, for me, in my gut, yeah. like yeah. the anxiety of like, oh shoot, are they gonna are they yeah. are they gonna call me? Are they yeah. <laughs> is it about to happen tonight? Um, and then just being able to when I do get that call that I have people that I can reach out to if, with questions, or if I feel mm-hmm. like I'm for even backup doulas, if I feel like I've been at this birth for a we already know how long we can, yes. can go yes. for a long amount of time where I feel like what's what's today? Is it is it Thursday or Friday? And it, yes. I was there since Sunday. Who knows? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So being able to reach out to other doulas that one that can hop and be like, you know what, I'll cover you, you know, go get some rest. I'll, you know, be there and support your 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 client. Or after you had a birth and like the next morning you feel like a truck has hit you. Um, <laughs> you can just reach out to your doula sisters, your doula friends, your doula folk, and just be like, listen, I just had a birth and they already know. Yes. Oh, okay, what you need? I'm going to bring you some soup. You want some food? Do you want me to... They already have that mindset and understand what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. So having mm-hmm. that and not having to explain or like, you know, I can't talk to you today. I, you know, I worked yesterday. Other people be like, you worked yesterday. Today is a new day. Yeah. Let's let's get it going. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I need to recharge. You know, I need to re-energize. I need to um, just pour into myself and other doulas. The community, your tribe, will help pour into you as well. I am. Um, I agree everything that Ogie said. I agree with. And on top of that, I can remember when I didn't have a community and I would go to a birth by myself, mm-hmm. and then I would come mm-hmm. home and I really had no one to talk about, talk to. Or who would understand. Yes. Um, and you want to go on and on and about it. I had no one to talk to. So it was just like a long by myself experience. But then I remember my first birth when I had another birth when I had my team, my tribe behind me. And before I even left home, I got calls. I got to the hospital. I was getting a call. How are you doing? What's going on? What do they say? When I get back home, like, what? Let's talk about it. How are you feeling? And that feels amazing. And I think one of um, one of the challenges is for me as a doula is 
Did I do the right thing? Did I give them the help they need? Yeah. Did I do this right? What could I have done different? And from my tribe, I get that, um, that push that, that they tell me, they yeah. remind me, you did all you could do. You yeah. did a good job. You are a good doula. Yeah. Every time is different. That is an amazing feeling. Yeah. So, First of all, we're talking about community. I got to personally shout all y'all out, okay? Because y'all are my community, okay? Yep. Shout out to yep. Oge, Carolyn, and Annette. We love you, Blue. All Aww. are amazing. Um, so that's my community for y'all that's watching this. Um, but so, like Carolyn was mentioning, so when I moved here and I had the, my first birth and I didn't have community and it was traumatic, I had no one to talk to about it. Um, mm. Actually, after it happened, I called... Another person who was going doing a training with me, literally in tears, like, please tell me that I am a good doula. But I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, she was great. You know what I mean? Um, she was also new, just like me, you know? So I was like, she's saying this to be nice. That's great. But I carried that feeling of like, what could I have done better? Yeah. What, you know, like I could have done ABCD. And I carried that for a while before mm -hmm. I had another birth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the difference now is like, I go into birth, even if, because, you know, like people think like, oh, I'm gonna get all this education. I'm gonna know everything. Every birth is literally different. Like you can read all the books, take yes. all the classes and do all the da, 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 And you'll be like, oh, I've never saw this before. Oh my goodness. But so like for me mm -hmm. now going into birth, I know that like I have, I can text anybody or call anybody as long as it's not too mm -hmm. late. Okay. I can call anybody <laughs> anytime and like get that support. Right. Or say like, Hey, I'm trying these things. And like, I, you know, like the baby isn't coming down any further. Like, what is, is there anything that I can do? And, mm -hmm. you know, like I have hella people that are responding to me at two, three, four o'clock in the morning without hesitation or a problem. And like, okay. Also said like, even after that, processing things with people who understand is like the best thing. I tried to process my yeah. traumatic experience with people who weren't birth workers and they were just like, oh, um, well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, no, like I need someone else. So yeah, life with, with, with partnership and, 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 and community is like, way yeah. different. Yeah. I think, I think too, for me, one of the things when I first found a community, um, that was extremely helpful was like birth stories, right? And just like the stories that we can tell each other as doulas in a room, as opposed to the stories that we talk about with our clients. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember, and I, I spoke about this once before on a podcast, on this podcast too, about how, I had a client who called me and was like, she was in labor for a while and I was on my way from Manhattan into Brooklyn and I'm at Grand Armory Plaza and the husband calls me and was like, I see hair. And I was like, holy crap. And they were giving birth <laughs> in Manhattan and it was like relatively quickish labor. And, um, and I remember just, I gave him something to do. I told him to call his, um, to call his doctor. Um, to call her doctor rather. And I got on the phone immediately with the midwife and was just like, I need you to come and meet me at this place right now because they see hair. And I would not have known that had I not heard other birth stories and her had people to talk about mm -hmm. births with. So like what, what advice did you hear from a birth story that kind of helped you? Um, in your career and in doing this work? Let's start with Oge. So that I think speaks to what Blue just said, right? On like birth, you could do all the trainings and have all the education mm -hmm. and you've been to, let's say 50, 60, 70 births. And then this 71st birth, you're like, wait, hold up. This is new. This is yes. different. But because of the community, because of the people that you have around you, you heard a story possibly similar to what you're experiencing now. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like being put in a situation where instead of doing 70 births, you've done 200. That's why I like to say, if you're in a community, if you're in a collective group of, of beings, you're not, it's not that you've done 40 or 50 births, you've done collectively 
mm-hmm. let's say 500 births because you're constantly true. talking and having birth stories and hearing each other's experience where you feel like you are in those person that person's shoes yeah. and you gain that knowledge because we're going through it like yeah. we're putting ourselves in that moment when someone's telling me but for me when someone's telling me a birth story like damn if i was in that in in that situation what would i do what would i say to the ob mm-hmm. you know would i have had her go on to the toilet would i have like what would i have done but hearing what that doula did is 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 good because then if i'm in that situation from my own experience you like, okay on. i can think back to annette's experience or blue's experience or carolyn's mm-hmm. and try that and it may not even work but at least i have a stepping stone to then move forward with something else. So um, I think hearing birth stories and just knowing that birth is different, is unexpected. It can be like, okay, we're expecting this birth to maybe be like 20 hours. And then just like your situation, it was a speedy, speedy birth where it's like six hours. And you're like, oh, oh, wow. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking that. Or even the second time mom, she had a six, six hour first birth. Right. Yes. And then after that, it's like <laughs> a long two, three day situation where you're like, damn, I, I thought this Didn't was going that. to go that yes. way because, you know, mm-hmm. we have sometimes we have expectations, but just having and hearing different birth stories, I think, helps to frame and shift how you move within your work. I think birth stories are another form of education for us. Mm-hmm. We might not have experienced those things yet, but when we do, we will be prepared because we've heard how they've been handled. And like, like Oge said, it might not work, but you have that in the back of your mind that you can try that. Um, and I think my what I've learned from all of you and other other doulas from their stories, I haven't had anything like traumatic yet <laughs> and hopefully he won't, but I will be well prepared because I've heard so many stories and I've seen so many strong doulas walk out of these situations. But one thing that I've learned from all of these stories is that you, you have your birth and you go home and you don't carry all that home with you. Hmm. You gotta let it go. You have to do it one at a time. You can't take that home emotionally because it will just break you down and you not concentrate on other things in your life. That's the, one of the most valuable things I've learned. Yeah. Um, for me, the things that I've learned is um, how to finesse OBs. Um, <laughs> and just that, you know, that, that is uh, a skill, a particular skill that is not taught in any doula certification. You know you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. I only have gotten that training in stories of like, mm-hmm. this, especially in New York, because I mean, you know, all hospitals are like a whole beast. But like, I was like, oh, wow, I learned ways of like how to navigate those treacherous waters. Um, also, another thing that I learned and what Oge also mentioned and what I mentioned before is just like knowing that like, not all births are the same and it doesn't matter how many births you have. You can be, you could have been a doula for 20 years and Mm -hmm. still, you know, the next birth is going to be completely different from all those other births. So hearing those two things was really, was really helpful for me and still are um, because, you know, I still go into it like, okay, this might be a different birth, but I'm going to be more than okay at the mm-hmm. end of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And also self-care, like Carolyn said, self-care. just learning how to also care for yourself and what that looks like and, and the signs to pay attention to that you're not taking care of yourself. Cause I've also he- heard stories of people, you know, sharing their burnouts and how it, how they led up to those burnouts. And that mm-hmm. helps me make sure that I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we're not healthy, if we're not, well, then we are of no benefit to anyone else. So we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I think that's the one thing that, um, a lot of people weren't getting. I know at one organization when I first started with them, there was this, there was these tier levels and people were just working hard to get through the tiers because there was this, they started off very low on the financial scale. And then, you know, the prize is moving through the tiers. And I had a mentee at that time who was just, who was taking it really slow. And 
consciously so. But mm. yet still, I had other mentees who were like, I need to make money and work through this. And I think that now doulas, especially newer doulas, we're in a different age where newer doulas are charging their worth from the start as opposed mm-hmm. to starting off with some ridiculous number. Like I, I, I even think now some of the doula certifications, I know before when I started, they were, they required that you do a couple of free births. Um, and I think now mm-hmm. that they're not, they've, they're not, um, they're not doing that. And I know, I remember the first time my first birth was 28 and a half hours long and I was a free birth. And at, when I did my postpartum and I visit her, she gave me an envelope with a car, a nice card and, um, a check for $200. And I was like, Oh, this is nice. And then I did the math and I was like, Holy crap. Like, that yeah. that's not even a living wage, right? Of right. what I what I went through being on call and all of that. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, definitely, community is the one thing that I feel is really helpful in this. Um, and I'm glad we found each other because that's really <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you wish that you would have known before starting doula work? I just knew about there's nothing I wish I knew before I wish I knew about being a doula back in my 20s <laughs> like, started I, was. I didn't know what a doula was till I came to New York okay and I was like wait what yeah. you're having somebody help you I don't get it where's your family I, I thought yeah. that's how babies came yeah <laughs> um, um but I I wish I would have known about it like back in my 20s I think I would be further along I would have, my full-time career would have been with doula work and I would have made such an impact by now. Yeah. Well, you are making an impact, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying what, what, before we became doulas, what we would have changed? Or, or how about that? Answer both of those. Before you became a doula and then once you were a doula. Um, I don't know if there's anything that I would have, wanted to know before mm-hmm. however moving to to new york i wish that i didn't spend my money on those certificate the training yes. and just um use that money for education mm-hmm. so like you know like to take classes that would actually further help me along yeah i could have used that money i could have allocated it in a different in way. a way that would have mm-hmm. been more helpful how about you, Oge? Um, I don't necessarily think I wish I would have known because, I mean, you learn and you figure out things with divine timing. But I wish I would have made it a point to shadow, <laughs> yeah. to shadow other doulas. Yeah. Game changer. This work is, it should be more, in my opinion, more of an apprenticeship model um, for other um other work that people do it's just interesting that you do a training and then they give you this piece of paper or not mm-hmm. and then they're like all right go out you're off and and, and <laughs> there isn't an, the step after that there isn't um a, a partnering or or mentorship or that's already built into the training and that um instead of what i wish i knew what i wish i had access to or you know seeked more mm-hmm. um to find because uh it would have helped me <laughs> in the sense of like actually being at the birth and watching a doula that i you know have grown and, and developed a relationship with and seeing how they interact you know with mm-hmm. with um the birthing person with that birthing person's partner with other family members if the you know mother-in-law is also there yes. how they interact in a home birth versus a hospital like really seeing um, doctors go through residency. They're shadowing people. And so, yes, we're not doctors, but we're in the same space yeah. as people <laughs> that are in, the, in this work. So we're doing birth work as well. It just doesn't make any sense that there isn't that attached to all of these trainings that mm-hmm. it seems that are not, it's just not enough. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to change up. And I want to know what inspires you about birth work? I know the question was something different, but I think I want to go that route. What keeps you inspired? It could be a quote. 
It could be people. It could be anything. Um, I can answer that real quick. It's a short answer. Um, for me, it's what inspires me is that moment where the baby is born and that person grabs their baby and holds them in there. And they're like, just whatever their reaction is. Yeah. It's, it's the most genuine thing I can see in yeah. life, like being part of that and seeing that it's inspiring. Like you just did something that you may have thought that you couldn't have done mm-hmm. and you did it right. And you, and you, you, ushered this this soul into on into earth side and now mm-hmm. it's like what do you do now but that all does is completely pushed aside once you see your baby that is inspiring and that just makes okay this is this is this is work that is needed because we help and support and just let remind them of their power um and seeing them see that power really um transform into that space of birthing an individual it's i don't know what else could be more inspiring <laughs> it's beautiful every time is like every time that baby you're there to witness that first light and every time it's different every time it's brand new to you it's yeah. the most beautiful thing that's what inspires me just yeah. to see that baby come into this world and to be there for them yeah what about you blue um, what inspires me is seeing people in their most vulnerable um, space. It's just like, wow. Yeah, I think that that was also another thing that um, made me interested in it, in this work, too, is just like being able to see people in a space that not everybody will and being trusted to hold that space. Um, to me, that's the most inspiring. Like, wow, I get to see this person go on this journey um, and just see their blood, sweat, tears, silence, like whatever that looks like. I mean, I'm inspired by that, that thing. Like I get to do that and see that. Oh, that's great. So this segment, this next segment is about birth stories. And I want to hear about your birth like this, what you were told about the day you were born. Who wants to go first? I was adopted. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, my birth story. It's interesting because I recently found out I found out about my birth story. Um, I was born in Nigeria, so mm-hmm. I talked to my mom about this, and um, she went back. She's like, "Oh, I have to think back to that time." <laughs> Um, uh, she, so she was living, um, on her own. Um, and there's this work program that you have to do to then be able to go into the workforce in Nigeria. Um, and so she was pregnant and on my, on the due date, she said I was on time and my okay means time. So I don't know if she correlated the two, but I was due. I mean, I was born on my due date that morning. She said, um, she just felt like going for a walk. She told her sister, that she felt like going for a walk. Um, So she walked towards a farm and the farm had like cashew nut trees, had mango trees, had guava. So she picked, um, and you're allowed to like pick the fruit from the farm Mm -hmm. if you're not going to sell it. So you can just pick it and eat it on just, just for your own, you know, nutrition. (laughs) So she had a mango, which is my favorite fruit um, and some guava and she picked some cashews, which I don't think she actually ate it because she started feeling some contractions. Mm. Um, so she went home and it was her and her sister. They, the contractions started building and then they called a taxi. So in that time, or for her, they went straight to, the, to a clinic. Um, uh, so in the taxi, my sister was holding on to my cousin. My, my, uh, he was like three months, he's three, four months older than me. So she had him. Mm-hmm in tow to go to the hospital with my mom. Um, and she, she said the contraction beginning where she was like, Oh, the pain was too much. She got to the, to the clinic and the actual doctor wasn't there, but the senior um, nurse was there and she was like, okay, we're going to get you to the room. My mother was like, give me what you can give me. because I want to get rid of this pain. And the nurse was like, no, we're not going to give you, oh. any. you're not going to get any pain relief. Like you can do this. You're not going to get that. The doctor is not here yet. Um, so my mother was like, she was like kind of not going crazy, but just 
shocked that she couldn't get any pain relief. Mm-hmm. So she said she removed all of her clothes in the labor in the living room. She removed all of her clothes and just went on the floor because she just felt wow. overheated. She yes. removed all her clothes and like crawled under the bed and just laid under the bed on the concrete because it was cool. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I just wanted to feel cold because I was so hot. So the nurse wasn't in the room. She came back and was like, where is this woman? <laughs> and then she looked under the bed. She's like, what are you doing under the full, on the floor? Like, you need, I need to check you. I need to see where you're at, what, you know? So she got on the bed and she wasn't, she didn't know the exact dilation. She didn't remember, but um, uh, she, the nurse said, you're not ready yet. So my mother was like, wait, this is the more time for me. Um, she said that she labored for around. So when she went for the walk, it was like around six, six in the evening. And she labored for a few hours and then um eventually the doctor came in and she said she pushed maybe twice and I was born <laughs> and then they were like this this baby has so much hair and she said my hair was up until like my eyebrows yeah. um and she said oh, the wow. biggest part of me was my head and the rest was just skinny and long and I swam right out <laughs> and then as soon as I was born they cut the cord they took me to clean me and she was like, I just want to, I just want to sleep. And she just <laughs> rolled over before holding me, rolled over to like just close her eyes for a little bit. And they're like, okay, you need to, you need to hold your baby. So she's like, oh, okay. Then my, her, my aunt, her sister came in, my uncle came in. Um, and I think she told the doctor at that point that, okay, I'm ready to go home now. And the doctor was like, no, you have to stay overnight. She's like, no, this is in my home. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So she went to do, take a shower while I was laying in the cot. Um, went to go take a shower, put the new clothes that she had brought. My aunt was, was in the room kind of watching me, but still watching her own yes. son. Um, and the doctor was like, okay, if you want to go home, you can go home. So I was born at like, 10, I think 10.45 p.m. And she got home like 12 a.m., 11, like one wow. around that time, like literally That's the same wonderful. night and was like, I'm not staying. I'm not staying here anymore. But that doctor turned out to me, my godparent and his wife was my godmother. So oh. that oh. is my birth story. That's beautiful. <laughs> Go ahead, Caroline. You um, sorry. First of all, thank you for having us here, but I have to get off. I have a meeting I have to mm-hmm. go. Yes. But thank you for having us. Um, thank you to all of you. You inspire me. You have made me who I am today. <laughs> I love you. Carolyn, love you Carolyn too. can I just say one thing? I know you said you don't know your birth story. Um, and I just want to add to your birth story. I'm sure on the 25th <laughs> of September, years ago, the world shifted and became even more organized. And even more sassy. Yes. And even more, you know, wanting to have the energy of getting all the attention. Yes. So here's to the 25th uh, of September years ago, creating new Yes. 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 Thank Bravo. you. Thank you, Blue. I love you. I love, love you too. Too. Enjoy care, your day. Guys. I'll talk to you talk soon. soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. How about you, Blue? Um, so my birth story is interesting. My mother tells me this every year on my birthday. She calls me and says, like, whatever age I am, she'll be like 30 something years ago on this day. <laughs> um, but basically, my mom was like um, cleaning and she said that she felt like what she thought was contractions. And she was like, oh, maybe I should clean even more. So <laughs> she just continued to clean. Um, until her contractions got like really, really intense. And then, um, she went to go call someone to take her to the hospital, but no one was available because I think it was like later in the day or whatever. Um, and then she finally went to the hospital. Um, and she, they were telling her that like, um, if, if I didn't like come within a certain time, like they were going to do something or whatever. And so my grandmother was in the room with her and eventually she was just like, look, you just need to start pushing. And so They put, you know, my mom pushed me out and she wasn't sure if she was having a, a boy or a girl, but she really, really, really um, wanted a girl. And so she said, when I was born, the doctor was like, I think it's a girl. I think it's a girl. And she was like, and you were a girl. And I'm like, am I though? But you know, 
I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, me too. I love it too. But it's so funny. Okay, your mom had essentially what has been written about as the birth pause. Have you read that story about the birth pause? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Esther Malloy wrote about the birth pause, but in essence of like, you know, in this culture, we, as soon as the baby's born, they just slap the baby on the mother. And she said that, you know, there, there are, have you ever seen the Brazilian birth videos where the women are squatting, all of the squat, mm-hmm. squatting videos, those mothers don't pick up their babies immediately. It's like, they all take a pause and they orient themselves, right? Because it's such an an experience that they've just went through that they need to take a second to kind of come back to themselves. And that's in in essence what your mother did with you. She was like, I need a minute and took it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and took it. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I want to thank you both for being on my podcast. It was great to have you here. Are we not going to hear your birth story, though? You want to hear my birth story? My birth story? Oh, okay, course. yeah, definitely. Well, my, birth story, my birth story is definitely is really short because this is all my mom. I'm the youngest of three. My oldest sisters are 10 and six years older than me. And anytime I asked my mother my birth story, she was like, I was pregnant. My mother, my grandmother, my mother, I call her my mother as well. My grandmother came from Panama. Um, to help her with the other children when I were born, when I was born. And, um, she was like, I was pregnant and I started having contractions. I went to the hospital and they cut me. That, that's my birth story. And they cut me. So I grew up hearing they cut me. And I was like, but why did they cut you? And she was like, I have no idea. I just know that I was cut. So she has that trauma. That's all she associates with my birth. She doesn't remember the contractions. She doesn't remember um, how long it took. She just knows that when she was in the hospital pushing, she got cut. Um, and then the other story that she tells immediately after that is that she'll say, yeah, so my mother is very dark skin. Like she's darker than me. Um, and I'm this dark because I've been in the sun. Um, but uh, this, uh, when I was born, I was very white. And my mother said that when they brought me in from the nursery, the, the nurse stopped mid-step, looked at her, looked at the baby, looked at me, and looked at her, walked out of the room, and went and got the head nurse. And the head nurse was like, give that woman her baby. Because this nurse had never seen a black baby that was so white. And then when she brought me home, my sister's response, my middle sister's response, Paulette, was, that baby's not done. We have to take her back to the hospital. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I was so white. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's that's my birth story. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this. Thank yeah, you you're for welcome. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, I was going to do this. I've been Yay! thinking about it. Yay, we've done it. Yep. Thank it's you done. so much. It's done. Thank you for being here and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at theclearbirthpodcast at gmail.com. Adios, hasta luego, goodbye, until next time.